You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast, episode number 41. It's another excellent day. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast, the one podcast that everyone agrees and says has the best fitness, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle advice in the world. And now, your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a super knowledgeable fitness trainer today with us. His name is Zach Trowbridge. We will be talking about helping busy professionals and how to get them to live a healthier lifestyle. So, without a, any delay, let me introduce you all to Zach. Zach, are you ready to make it happen? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Zach is the owner and head strength coach at All Strength Training. He's a certified personal trainer, American College of Sports Medicine, fitness and sports nutrition specialist, National Academy of Fitness and Sports Nutrition. He's also a level one biosignature practitioner, Poliquin International Certification Program. He's also a level two strength coach with the Poliquin International Certification Program as well. He has the recognition of PIMST practitioner. And I'm sure he'll help us explain that.、Um, and he's also a youth fitness specialist, level one, International Youth Conditioning Association. He's CPR and AED certified with American Red Cross. He's also a registered member of the United States Powerlifting Federation. And a few more things he's got a BA in marketing from the University of Iowa. And he's also a contributing author to Elite Fitness Systems. That's a mouthful, but.、Um, Zach, how did you get started and why are you so passionate about fitness?、Uh, so, I got started when I, my first experience with weight training in general was when I was a, a freshman in high school. And my first day of、uh, freshman year, I was, was about 107 pounds at 5'8. So, I had a pretty sweet physique walking into high school already. Uh, and my first experience in the weight room、uh, was the day that the coaches had everybody in the gym class doing a bench press test. And for my weight category, they had, I think it was 95 pounds on the bar, and they wanted, I think, around maybe eight reps from everybody. And I distinctly recall getting the 95 pounds out of the rack and having it basically remove my sternum、uh, from its normal position. Ouch. So. They moved me from the 95 pound bar to the empty 45 pound Olympic bar, which is where they also had all of the women in the class、uh, lifting. And same thing happened with the 45 pounds. So I got crushed by an empty barbell.、Uh, first day of, well, maybe first or second day of, of freshman year in high school. So that was a pretty sweet start、uh, to my high school year. And from there, it was one of those things where, you know, I just, you know, Probably due to the incredible amount of embarrassment and humiliation that came with it.、Uh, just you know, got extremely into the whole concept of、uh, strength work.、Mm. So I, you know, I, I think I bought probably that first year or two, probably every single book you could find on strength training. You know, I went through the entire、uh, 600 pages of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding,、mm. you know, bought. Pretty much any magazine you could find on the stands at the time.、Uh, started working the front desk at the health club that was attached to the martial arts studio that I was work,、uh, training at. And, you know, kind of just sort of just became one of those things that kind of went from zero to 60 on. 
And so, you know, I'm very familiar with the, this is very unnatural, you know, kind of fish out of water sort of feeling that a lot of people have, you know, when they walk into a gym for the first time, you know, I'm, you know, as a trainer, you get the, the response from a lot of clients of, you know, this comes very easy to you. So it's easy for you to, you know, say what you're going to say, but most people obviously don't know, you know, the history behind most trainers that they ever meet. So, you know, very few of us are actually somebody who just came out of the, of the womb with a six pack. <laughs> so we've had to put you know the same sort of amount of, of effort into it. So it's, you know, kind of a, I've been there sort of a situation that nice. you know, kind of drives the fact that I like to help people with you know the same sort of feeling. Cool. Wow. That's uh, an interesting story. I didn't, we didn't talk about that when we first talked earlier. No. But, um, well, you know, I try to I try to save that for the the big introduction. You know. Well, you you did it. <laughs> That's awesome. I guess you have a, <laughs> a soft spot for those who are very uh, I don't know scared of going into a fitness club or workout area. I, I, yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, definitely, I've been there, done that. Been so. there, done that. Yeah. So I, I guess uh, you know yeah. I usually ask this question. You saw it in my. Um, overview but it was like what's one cool or unique fact about yourself and i think you just shared it with everyone huh yeah yeah that's probably that's the, that's the best one i got awesome <laughs> that i can think of on top of my head no so. worries no worries the people will love you now yeah. right but anyhow um, yeah, <laughs> you you are very knowledgeable and that's what i got away from or took away from when uh we talked earlier and uh one of the things that you're really passionate about is helping the busy professionals. Uh, can you describe that a little bit more and, and uh, why are you so passionate about it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I first got into training, you know, I think like a lot of people, you know, your your long-term aspirations are, oh, wouldn't it be great to someday work with like these elite level athletes or, you know, to work with movie stars or, you know, that kind of stuff. But you know, the reality is that most people who actually need assistance don't fit that category. Yeah, and uh, it's at this point in my life, you know, I'm 32 years old. I've had I've owned my own business for over five years. I'm married. I've got three kids. You know, I've got a, a two-year-old son, a six-year-old son, and an eight-year-old. Like I am kind of the epitome of a busy of a busy professional. Mm. So, you know, I I've again, it's kind of a you know been there, done that, and I understand the fact that not everybody has you know, two hours a day, seven days a week to commit to this. Mm. So that's sort of how we've built our, our business model is, you know, that's where I think the most good can be done. So that's the the demographic that, you know, my wife and I like to be able to work with. Cool. So, so what exactly do you see these busy professionals lacking in or how are you supporting them? I think the the first thing, you know, probably the most common comment that we get from from most people who walk into our doors are, oh yeah, you know, I already know what to do. I just I haven't been able to do it. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually start digging, it's most people actually don't really know what to do because, you know, the sad reality is the information that's out there when it comes to permanent change sucks. You know, most people have been taught for so long that, you know, the answers are these extreme diets or cleanses or they see stuff like, you know, the the biggest loser TV show where you've got people who are you know, eating six, seven hundred calories a day, training twice a day, their trainers in their face screaming at them, you know, like it's this this 
ridiculous notion of what it actually takes. And so that's the, the hardest part is that there's really a, a lack of good information available, you know, or wherever you can find it, it's not the stuff that sells. You don't really see it. I mean, because the, the reality is consistency doesn't sell. Like if you were a book and you called it, you know, the answer to fitness is, is doing things consistently, nobody buy it. Mm. It's not flashy. It's not glamorous. You know, so that's the thing that sucks is everybody's used to hearing these you know, really extreme pieces of information, whether it's, you know, extreme low carb, extreme low fat, you know, Weight Watchers principles, you know, any of this sort of stuff. Like it's, it's always on one end of the spectrum versus another. There's no, the answer lies somewhere in the middle. So people really have no idea what the hell they're doing by the time they actually walk into our door. Hmm. So they're as confused as the next person. And so um, can you give our listeners an overview of uh, the program that you provide? Yeah, so, you know, our, our niche we found very early on in, you know, when our, our facility was open is that the people who need the most help were busy professionals. So that's really our, our target market. And, you know, basically the, the challenge is for people to figure out how to put everything together. So what we try to do with people is we try to work off of the bare minimums that are necessary to get someone's body running correctly. Mm -hmm. You know, the main focus when someone first starts isn't on how fast can we decrease their body fat or how fast can we drop 25 pounds off of them. You know, the, the most important part is can we get their body to function the way that it's supposed to function? Because extreme measures usually leave a lot of pretty nasty side effects. So we see people come in with really shoddy metabolisms. We see people coming in with eating disorders. We see people coming in with, you know, this deeply instilled fear of entire food groups, you know, whether it's uh, meat, whether it's carbohydrates, you know, I've, I had, I've had people come in and say, yeah, I haven't had a piece of fruit in 18 months, <laughs> you know, which is just this extremely ridiculous concept, like that people are just legitimately <laughs> afraid. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's just, it's crazy that people are afraid of like regulate real food. You know, like I like I tell most people, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I've never seen someone get fat off of blueberries. Like it just doesn't happen. You know, so it's our our biggest thing is you know introducing education on what somebody's body actually needs. Mm. You know, and then it's not about restriction. You know, we we have a you know the closest thing to a, a mantra for our nutrition approach is that we focus on nutrition via addition over subtraction. Hmm. You know, so the goal is not to take someone who brings in, you know, a food log for their first, you know, sit down nutrition consultation. The goal is not to just take a red pen to it and tell them everything they're doing wrong. Because hmm. the reality is that's not going to fix anything, hmm. you know, because it's, I mean, it's for anybody who's ever, you know, spent any time with kids, you can't just take something away from them without giving them something else. You know, like, and sorry, but we're pretty much the same way as adults. You know, you might not think it, but I'm sorry, a 35-year-old is the same as a as a six-year-old. If you want to take away something from them, you better give them something else in its place. That's a good point. So we just teach people: here's what you actually need 
to support your metabolism, to provide your body with the basic necessities to actually run correctly. And most people are so used to deprivation that they're almost, they, they don't even notice it anymore. You know, they're so used to, to being, you know, harped on to restrict and to eliminate and to avoid that the concept of not being asked to remove anything is just, people can't fathom it. But that's where we start. We focus on what's missing, you know, what's lacking, whether it's, oh my God, you're, you know, you're sleeping three hours a night. Let's focus on just getting you to sleep through the night. Mm. You know, and that's sometimes that's as simple as we'll start with, you know, and then we kind of, we take a relatively holistic approach in the sense that it's not just, okay, come in, we're going to have you train, you know, three, four days a week. And then your session's over. Okay. Bye. See you next time. You know, oh, yeah, you need help with your nutrition. Yeah, once you go buy this book, follow this program, it's not how it works. You know, there's, there really is no generic one-size-fits-all concept that's going to work for people. So we break, you know, any, any aspect of someone's fitness uh, program that we need to, to focus on, we'll, we'll put the attention necessary. Uh, but the, the first point is just what's missing. Nice, nice. And it's usually the stuff people aren't expecting. It's not, oh, you're missing six sessions of cardio a week. Oh, you're missing, you know, three capsules of fat burners taken three times a day. Like, that's not how things start. Yeah. You know, it rarely ever even gets to that level of extreme anyway. Yeah. You know, because the whole point is, can we build something that's sustainable? True. I, I, despise, I despise the Instagram mentality of, you know, eight week before and afters because most of those types of pictures, you look at them six months later, it's, it's all gone. Mm. It's not a long lasting thing. Yeah. No. And you're not even talking about people who decided to do a photo shoot or a, you know, physique competition where that's kind of, that's kind of the norm. I mean, you can't maintain that sort of look forever. You're mm. talking people who lost 25 pounds, 30 pounds, got a six pack. And then six months later, they look like they're back at square one again. Like that's the whole, you know, that's the completely wrong mentality for this sort of stuff. So Zach, real quick here then, as far as, um, you know, the confusion maybe people have or, you know, their friends did something and then they wanted to do it too because it worked for them. Um, What is the message that you think you could share with people from your experience about, you know, what the the truth of healthy living is all about, I guess, from your viewpoint. Basically, here's here's how you know if the approach you're getting into is going to be a problem or not. If it's got a timeline, it's probably not going to work. Yeah, I mean, think about most of your diet strategies. You know, you've got your 14-day cleanses, you've got your 30-day, you know, paleo challenges, like anything that's set up like that where it's, if, if you're, if the first words out of someone's mouth when you're presenting a strategy to them is, how long do I have to do this for? You're giving them a really bad strategy. Hmm. Because if the goal is to keep things up and the first question they have is, when do I get my first cheat? Or, how long am I supposed to do this for? It's not, you're not fixing anything. You know, like you, it's someone who's new to this should not be getting into anything with a deadline. 
Because the reality is the people who, you know, are actually well served by doing some of those, you know, transformation type things, you need to have your body running right first or there's no way you're ever going to actually get anything sustainable from it. Super. You know, like, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, you know, to take a time period and really devote yourself to something, I'm not saying that that doesn't have its place, but it doesn't have its place with a beginner. Hmm. Very good. You have to have this groundwork laid down. I mean, you don't take someone who's never, ever played golf before and then stick them into a tournament. Yep. That's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. They don't know what the hell they're doing, so how is it going to stick? Yeah. When, when they and visit, the, the, uh, real quick here, uh, Zach, when they visit your facility, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you yeah. give them an assessment, you give them the overview. Um, and then what, what is the next step after that when they visit you? Yeah. So, you know, so someone who's, who's new coming in, you know, we, we always let our prospective clients try us out for a few sessions first before they make any sort of commitment. Cause half of a, a training relationship is, do you actually get along with the people that you're working with? So, you know, so we let them try us out for, for three sessions in advance. And then, so if they decide, okay, we want to get things going. Yeah, you're right. We do, uh, body composition testing, which because most people coming in the door, whether they admit it on day one or not, the main incentive for them coming in the doors is they want to look better. Even though a lot of people sometimes are almost afraid to admit that that's their driving reason for change. I mean, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look better, but a lot of people will come in with stuff like I want to be stronger I want to be more physically fit. I want to have a stronger core. And then the, when you really start digging, the main driver is they just they don't like the way they look. They don't like the way they feel. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to change it. So we monitor body composition just to make sure that as we're, we're working with people, that the things we're doing are producing the results that they should. And so we'll, we'll monitor that on a regular basis. And then that kind of informs our decisions on what we do uh, with our clients, Got you know, it. but it's not about, it's not about, okay, you know, we don't give people timelines when it comes to how, what's our expectation for them to be making change, you know, and a lot of people, when you talk to them say, okay, well, you know, you should be losing between one to three pounds of fat per week. And if you're not losing that, you're doing something wrong. Mm. That's a really crap strategy because one fat loss doesn't happen on a straight line mm. i don't care who you are even if you're doing everything perfectly it's not going to be a linear process because your body's not this math equation mm. that can be predicted based on this calorie formula that you that you found online mm. so there's going to be differences and the reality is sometimes you need to be afforded the opportunity to make mistakes now, I think so many people are so afraid of not getting something right the first time that as soon as they they can't get it, they quit. I mean, that's, that's kind of the diet mentality mm. is, oh, well, you know, oh, well, I guess if I'm going to have one piece of cake, I might as well have 10. <laughs> like, I've heard that, you know, a ridiculous amount of times from people who've been on diets that they're like, well, I blew it a little, so why not go all in? Nice. You know, but again... It's it's new. Yeah. It's you know, 
that it's it's just like the sport analogy. Like there's some skill involved in learning how do we make this work with the big picture. Mm. You don't get it right the first time. It's not your fault. It just means that it takes practice. And sometimes we have to adjust our approach. I mean, again, it's when we're working with busy professionals, as much as it would be optimal from the coach's standpoint, if this was their top priority, it can't always be. Right. It just can't. You know, there's going to be work that gets in the way. There's going to be travel. There's going to be you got sick. There's going to be friends and family that come in town and want to take you out to dinner. We work with, you know, a lot of our clients, they're in, involved in sales or they're executives that work for companies where they're entertaining clients or colleagues that come in town. And so they have these big work events, you know, where they're trying to, you know, entertain a group of people like they can't be going to an event like that eating out of a Tupperware container. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's so the reality is there's going to be a learning curve and that the the thing that sucks is that most people don't think that's okay. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing that we try to instill early is like, there's going to be a learning curve. I don't set goals for my clients because it's not my job. It's not my place to be giving someone a timeline of what's realistic. My place is to take what they're telling me and then turn it into something that they can build off of. Right, right. Oh, yeah. But what, what if you, someone comes in and they, and, you know, that's so that's that's difficult. Sure, no ways. Uh, that is really good information, and people need to remember that. And I, tr- I believe what you're saying helps people. As far as um, you know, some takeaways for our audience. We're almost like I don't know, twenty minutes in, mm-hmm. and um, sure. I want to make sure that uh, we hit on a few other things. But what are real quick the takeaways you would tell a busy professionals on how to live healthier. What are the simple things they could do? Just maybe two or three things. So the, the first place that we start with the vast majority of our clients is on top of just introducing the things that your body needs. You know, so we're talking simple stuff like, you know, not only does your body need it, but what also helps basically just fill out a well-rounded place. You know, so we look at things like fluid intake. You know, so we start pushing water consumption on somebody. A lot of people don't know that if the body's dehydrated, that the function of fat metabolism thrives off of presence of water. So if you're dehydrated, you technically can't burn fat. So we, we start driving fluid intake on people really early because a lot of people will come in with maybe a glass or two of water a day at best. So we'll drive that sort of stuff early. And we'll drive vegetable intake very early uh, as well for, for the vast, well, not the vast majority of our clients, pretty much all of our clients are, you know, almost, it's just a, a normal routine for them is that the majority of their meals have some sort of a vegetable component because that's, for someone who's under a, a lot of stress, and the thing we need to do is make sure that we're providing the body with, you know, vitamins and minerals and, and nutrients that are going to actually counter the effects from a lot of that stress. So we're driving vegetable intake and fiber, and it also helps keep a lot of food on someone's plate. Mm-hmm. The thing I hate is I don't want people complaining about being hungry mm-hmm. because that's what people kind of assume is, oh, I want to lose weight. I want to, I want to drop body fat. 
I should expect to be hungry. I should expect to be starving. I should expect to be miserable. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you might occasionally be like, oh, yeah, this would sound really good, but I'm not going to do it. There's a difference between that and, oh, my God, I would eat a wicker swing set if it was in front of me because that's, I'm that desperate to eat. You know, we don't want that sort of situation. So we'll push the things that people can can take in a large amount of in ways that are going to support the body's natural functions. It's going to help regulate blood sugar. It's going to help counter the effects of stress. It's going to help lower you know, chronic levels of inflammation, which is a really common side effect of being under a boatload of stress. Mm. So it sets the body up for this environment that's going to make the the consistent act of decreasing body fat even possible right right so that's one of the first places that we start cool. is pushing those things and I don't set and I don't really set boundaries on other stuff I just basically take the the kind of the same attitude that I do with my kids where I'm like look if you want dessert here's what I put on your plate eat this first and once you've done that I'm not giving you any other limitations yeah, we no. kind of need so, some of those reminders, right? Yeah, I mean, because I'm sorry, but a you know, it is possible to make changes to your body without only eating protein and vegetables and water and really boring and bland food. Mm-hmm. You know, you just need to get the necessities in first, right. and then whatever you know, if you have, if you're still a bit hungry after you you know after you've done that, great. Have, you know, I mean, people that come in terrified of things, like I said, fruit and potatoes and starch and, you know, other types of starch. It's like, you don't have to be terrified of those things. They just have to have the right place. Right, right. You Not an all or nothing people situation. People come up with these fears, right? <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's our, you know, the, the normal marketing strategies are you go one extreme or the other. It's either all this mm-hmm. or none of this. You know, oh, it's the all banana diet or no bananas. <laughs> right. The answer is always somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, it's always somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So we, we, you know, when we focus on the addition side of things, you know, your body will sort of self-correct. Yeah. And you'll know when you're full. If you've had the things that are important and you're full, stop eating. Got it. You're not. There's a reason you're, you're not full yet. Then you add some of the other stuff. You know, that's, it's not our main priority, but it's also not this thing you've got to just avoid forever. Absolutely. Now, you know, one thing that I uh, we talked about, and we only have a few more minutes. I don't know if you want to go into it a little bit sure. or just um, explain sure. it, but the biosignature, um, what yeah. is that exactly? I, I mentioned it in your bio, but what is it? If you could just briefly share so, with you. So, you know, I'll, I'll keep it relatively brief because it is something that, you can kind of get lost in this rabbit hole of information because it gets, you know, people start to almost look at the minutia of it as opposed to the big picture. So the, the way that it works is there's, there's evidence that there's correlations between the way that your body stores its body fat. So being where the, ma- the majority of your fat is stored and the way that your hormones are functioning or not functioning. So for example, you know, someone who, and, you know, for example, women who, who hear this will, will be able to recognize it. People who store a lot of their body fat in their legs and their glutes and their hips, you know, it's, it's 
commonly recognize that that's some sort of an association with estrogen dominance. So you usually see that sort of pattern more in females. Versus you'll see guys that might have scrawny arms, scrawny legs, and a, and a big beer belly sort of a look. And trunk fat is usually is influenced by two different things. There's insulin, which is just a measure of, of how well you manage your blood sugar. And then there's cortisol, and cortisol is your body's response to stress. So you'll see these different body types, you know, based on someone's genetics, based on environmental influence, based on their own personal habits. That's how you can, you can see what steps we want to take to help kind of counter some of this. So, you know, it's not, we're not looking at, at hormones from a medical standpoint, you know, but we're more or less looking at what sort of influence does this stuff have on the way that your body's storing its fat? What things are we trying to counter? What things are we trying to work backwards for? You know, but a lot of, a lot of hormones have a bit of a hierarchy in terms of how they work in the body. There's almost kind of like this trickle-down effect where certain hormones kind of preside over others. The best things people can work on if they want to make sure that they're going to have a good start is focusing on managing their blood sugar well and focusing on managing uh, their body's responses to stress or to cortisol. Got it. Got you know, it. So again, it's not that someone needs to worry. They don't have to worry about, you know, oh my God, I might be diabetic. It's just, look, do you start off not having your first meal until, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, but you've been up since six? That's a really crappy way to manage your blood sugar. <laughs> it's also a really bad way to manage your stress because most people don't do very well in, you know, in a work environment, in a high stress environment, on an empty stomach with no real fuel. Yeah. They don't have any food in their system. They might stop at Starbucks on the way and get caffeine, which is going to jack them up, mm. you know, and it's going to raise their, their body's reaction to stress even worse. And then they're not going to eat until one and they might get whatever in the caf in the cafeteria or they might go out for lunch, you know, but it's just this vicious cycle. Once you get it started, it just gets tough yeah. to control. Yeah, that's, that's where that's... a lot of those basic principles that we're working on, you don't manage stress by restricting things. And you don't manage blood sugar by restricting them either. We've got to look at, okay, what's important to help regulate this sort of stuff? And that's one of the first places that we start. You know, and it's, it's one of those things, too, where I try not to make the details overly complicated for our clients because some people listening to, to the explanations that I just gave, it's going to sound like it's really complicated. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not. Yeah. You know, so I try to just give a basic outline without making it sound really gimmicky. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Because I hate, be I hate that sort That's of stuff. That's true. You want to be thorough, for sure. Yeah. Um, there's no, there's no magic pills to fix this sort of stuff. It's, it's a lot of times it's habit change, you know, nutritional adjustments, lifestyle adjustments, you know, anything, you know, like supplementation comes secondary to the basic stuff. Yeah. You know, some of it can work, but it's not going to be the deal breaker. Hmm. But habit changes the, the more long lasting adjustments are going to be your your stuff that's going to make this stick cool i know that you have a lot more to share I, that's why i said you were a super knowledgeable fitness trainer um we maybe we can do in a second episode uh down the road um how do people get a hold of you zach and uh, do you have any last piece of advice yeah so you know so if anybody is is, is interested you know feel free to check us out on facebook 
uh, under our All Strength Training page. We can find online at uh, allstrengthtraining.com. You know, there's uh, the information on the free trial that I mentioned earlier. There's a, a contact form if you want to set up a consultation. Uh, you know, I work with people not only in person, but also we we do remote client uh, work as well. So if someone lives in another state, we can help them outline their, their details, their training program, their nutrition as well uh, without doing the one-on-one side. So that's always available. But, you know, I think the the most important takeaway for most people is that avoiding extremes is probably the best advice, mm. you know, that I can give somebody. Because if you want to make stuff last, even if, you know, low-carb works for some people or even if things like paleo works for some people, yeah, are you going to go the next 50 years without eating something as simple as a bowl of rice. Mm-hmm. Now, like when you get really extreme and you start being afraid of real food, it's kind of a bad setup. So it's going to be really difficult to keep it going. And the hard thing is when you see success with these super restrictive uh, concepts, it's hard to stop them. Even if what you need is to change your habits, people get really addicted to, oh, well, I lost so much weight on this low-calorie thing. I don't want to get off of it, even though their body starts crashing and burning because you can only tolerate stuff like that for so long. It's, it's a dangerous thing to get into these uber-restrictive, really one extreme or the other types of things. Super. It's, it's not, you know, long-term stuff, it's not about dieting. Hmm. It's, it's about nutrition. Yeah. Dieting is always based on calories. Yeah. You know, nutrition is based on content. Right. Wow, that's so powerful, Zach. And um, I know a lot of my audience will appreciate what you shared and probably want you back to share some more. So maybe we have to set that up later. Um, but sure. uh, thank you so much for your information. So valuable. And yeah. um, definitely yeah, glad to, to do it. If I get into the city and have some time, maybe get, get out there and uh, introduce myself personally. Sure. But um, yeah, anytime. Awesome, awesome. Thank you again, Zach. And I'll let you go. All right. Thanks, bud. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living life is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.